It's beer clock, so it's time for Drunken Time Travel. I'm your host. Irish Gav. And I'm your host. English Gav. If you want to contact us about this show and anything else, please do. Old Bean. And how can they contact us, Young Bean? <laughs> yes, uh, email at drunkentimetravel at gmail.com or uh, on Twitter at Drunk Time Travel. Or at Facebook. On Facebook. On Facebook.com. What's our official tedious link beer? Uh, this is one from the very fine Heather Scott's Ale Brewing Company or something like that. It's what is it? It is from the Heather Ale Limited. Heather Ale Limited. Yes, and it's called Alba Scott's Pine. How delightful. Well, Mr. Synopsis Man, won't you give us your synopsis? I shall indeed synopsis this up. Yes, so this episode is set in Scotland. Ever been to Scotland, Gav? I have been to Scotland once, yes. Well, when we all went to Edinburgh for yeah. a drinking weekend. Yes. Is that the only time That is been? the only time I've been to Scotland Interesting. to drink for three days. And it was great. Well, I lived there for 12 years and didn't drink. What was the point in that? Oh, says you, you didn't drink for 22 years. I drank. <laughs> Just not regularly. <laughs> what, once every 20 years? Anyway. Yes, Gav? Back to the uh, synopsis. Well, you can't really go... Is that how you spelled Culloden? I did not know how you spelt it. That's not how you spell it's it. It's nearly. It's not nearly. It is. Culloden is C-U-L-L-O-D-E-N. Not C O L O D D O S. I spelt it how it sounded. Okay, carry on. Just shut up. <laughs> Episode 1 of The Highlanders. Yes, we're doing The Highlanders. Yes. yes. I just thought I'd mention it. That's <laughs> quite good. You're a professional. That's me. Culloden Moor. 1746. The Clan McLaren of the Scottish Highlanders are retreating from battle with the English Redcoats with an injured party. Meanwhile, stepping out of the TARDIS, Ben sees a tree and immediately assumes he's back home. I mean, Jesus, can we get someone more intelligent into the TARDIS? Maybe this episode. Luckily, we still have Polly, who wants a bit more proof, and asks the Doctor, who's been distracted by a shiny cannonball. The Doctor, not wanting to get involved in a war, wants to leave, but Polly insists on having a look around. In a nearby cottage, Kirsty the Secretive is tending to the injured Highlander when Alexander the Brave spots some movement outside and goes outside to investigate with Jamie the Idiot. They find the travellers and take them back to the college to kill them because they're English. Ben, proven is not entirely useless, snatches a pistol and takes their weapons, allowing the doctor to have a look at Colin the injured. Polly and Kirsty go look for supplies. Jamie the Idiot wonders why they don't kill the patient and the doctor makes him promise not to molest him. Jamie seems disappointed about this. Redcoats then attack and kill Alexander the Brave. The rest are taken to be hung. When Polly and Kirsty return to see the soldiers, they throw stones at them and run away to a cave. Because caves. Back at the hanging, a solicitor called Grey turns up and pays for their release and sends them to the Inverness coughing pit. Back in the cave, Kirsty asks why Polly is wearing such short skirts, but she says it would take too long to explain. I'll try for her. Cause she's fed up of being mistaken for a boy? 
Then they have an argument over Kirsty's ring and Polly runs out into the night and straight into an animal pit. A dagger then appears over her head. The moral of this story is, if you're going to go running through a field in the dark, try not to do it in the middle of a war. Episode 2 The epic conclusion to the cliffhanger is that it is Kirsty on the other end of the dagger. So Polly pulls her in with her for being stupid. Then some redcoats approach the hall. Not being enough of a party in the pit, Polly lures one of the redcoats in with them too, and then blackmails him into helping them, by threatening to tell his commander he was captured by girls and all his friends will point and laugh. Then Polly and Kirsty get out. At the Inverness coffin pit, the doctor steals Prince Charlie's personal flag from a fellow inmate. So personal that Prince Charlie doesn't even have it himself. Reverting back to his German doctor cover story, the doctor tricks the guards into releasing him. Because he has nothing else to do, he goes on to see Grey and tells him he knows where the prince is. Then ties him up, and Perkins too, for a laugh, and goes to play dress up. Back with the pit soldier, he eventually attracts help from fellow soldiers, but they won't pay him for helping him. Polly has stolen his money, however. Ben and the rest of the prisoners are then taken to the unhappy ship Annabelle, where the only escape is overboard. So, like any ship. And the moral of this episode is, don't get captured by girls. Episode 3 Annabelle is full of captured Highlanders who take an instant disliking to Ben. Colin McLaren vouches for him, though. Ben reckons that Trask, who is running the ship, is going to illegally use them as slave labour, unbeknownst to the king. Polly tells Kirsty she's fed up of being a boy, so he's now making up for it by dressing up as sexy as possible with fancy hairdos and wearing dresses. They then decide to dress up as orange sellers and go to the local pub, the Sea Eagle, where the Doctor, who also appears to be fed up with being a boy, is also now wearing a dress. When a sergeant questions Kirsty and Polly's credentials, they turn to the pit soldier for an alibi because everyone's in here apparently. He tells them that Grain will know where the Doctor and everyone has been taken. Or should it be the nurse from now on given his new outfit choice? Perkins arrives to harass the girls but the nurse rescues them. Back at the barn, the doctor goes to bed leaving Polly to gather some weapons and a rowing boat as the first part of a make it up as we go along plan. In the morning the doctor notices that Kirsty's ring has the prince's seal on it. Now when you say Kirsty's ring has the prince's seal on it. Yes. On the ship, Grey offers the prisoners contracts as plantation workers or death. What, no Kate? Everyone signs apart from Ben and Jamie. Ben is then tied to some rope and thrown in the water. And the moral of this episode is, if you make a joke incorrectly characterising nurses as only being female, then expect some well actuallys. <laughs> episode 4. When the rope is pulled back up, Ben has disappeared. Bored with drowning, he decided to swim ashore, where he bumps into a red coat. I mean another one of the Doctor's brilliant disguises. Later, the Doctor then turns up at the boat and is dragged in to see Grey, while Ben, Kirsty, and Polly secretly deliver some weapons to the prisoners through a portal. He shows Kirsty's ring to Grey, saying it got it straight from Prince Charles's own hand. He's on the ship in disguise, so they go down to look for him. The prisoners leap up with their weapons and battle ensues, Trask single-handedly taking everyone on, until he's eventually overcome and falls overboard. All that's left to do now is to get back to the TARDIS, avoiding the English. Jamie joins them to guide them back through the mist. Realising that this episode is drastically underrunning time, they take Grey with them to make it harder. Grey escapes and they go to the Sea Eagle to enlist pit soldiers' help once more. 
They eventually make it back to the McLaren cottage and are ambushed by Grey. The pit soldier, now up to date on Grey's slave smuggling operation, challenges him. Unable to find the contracts that the doctor's stolen, Grey's taken away. Polly asks Jamie to join them, and he does. And the moral of this episode is, if Polly invites anyone to your party, always say no. What's this problem we have with Jamie? It's fun, and he's an idiot. So it's Ben, but you love him. Ben was supremely more intelligent than Jamie. No, he's not. In this episode he was. He was constantly explaining things to Jamie. And when you've got Ben explaining things to you... Someone from the 20th century was explaining things to someone from the 18th. Imagine (laughs) that. Yeah, I'm imagining. Imagine that. So, Gav, since you like doing accents, do your Scottish accent. I don't do accents. Do your Scottish accent? I can't do it. Do do it. You can take my life, but you never take my freedom. (laughs) See, I told you. What was that? That was French. Was that French? Is that all you can do? I don't know what it, it was like. It was like not an accent and an accent. It was like a quantum accent is what it was. I think you'll find it was brilliant. This is why I don't do accents. Because they're so good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am too good at accents. No, I, no, I'm completely confused and think you are actually Scottish. Anyway, wished. What, 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 what's wished? Wished means quiet or shut up. Oh, does it? Mm. They said it a few times in that episode. I had no idea what I was talking about. Wished. Because people would say that when they live in Scotland. Along with... Ah, it's yourself. I do not ken what that means. Ah, uh, you say you know stuff. Let's talk about Scotland for a bit, shall we? Like all the caves mm. that are in the Scottish Highlands. All the caves. It's, you cannot get away from caves. <laughs> In Scotland. Scotland is just a big cave. <laughs> Come to Scotland. It's a giant cave. I would go. You have been. Did you see the caves? I was in it, since Scotland is a cave. Ah, oh, but it's made up of lots of miniature caves. There's caves in caves? Yeah. It's like a Venn cave. I did not see the cave in cave. Also, since we're talking about Scotland, do you want to talk about the Stoner Kebab? I know it's your favourite thing you haven't had yet. Yes. Just it. like sex. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is my favourite thing that I haven't had yet. It just sounds... What are we talking about here? Beautiful. <laughs> it's... It's giant sausage wrapped in kebab meat. <laughs> oh, right, okay. Sorry, I thought we were still on the sex. And then deep fried, as everything in Scotland is. In butter. Yeah. It's not so much a cave in Scotland... As a, as a cave deep fried in butter. <laughs> but yeah, let's say it's about a thousand calories or something. It's something stupid. I didn't even know what calories mean. <laughs> you do. It's, I don't take notice it's, of it. It's, it's science, Gav. I don't take notice it's, of it's calories. It's basically energy, isn't it? I just eat and drink whatever I like. Whatever you like. Whatever I like. Whatever you like. Whatever I like. But trouble is, they only make it in, like, one shop in Scotland. I'm sure they make it in a few more than that now, don't they? But I haven't seen it anywhere. Yeah, it's, it's like he's got the copyright to it and nobody else dares make any. Because he sends the boys round. I have never seen any report of anywhere else serving a stoner kebab, apart from that one shop. And why is it called a stoner kebab? Maybe we could get it delivered. Possibly. Get it freeze? Get it freezed? Yeah, and then delivered. 
I'm using all the words today. What you could do is you could phone up with your Scottish accent and you could pretend you're the king of Scotland <laughs> and because your accent's so good he might believe you. Oh, good plan, yeah. Assuming he's not right at the back of the cave, of course. This guy's accent is so terrible, he must actually be Scottish. <laughs> Why would you, you lie like that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you can't possibly think I would believe this. <laughs> So what about Inverness then? I don't know. I don't know why I wrote it isn't that bad. Was someone saying it was bad? I don't know. I, I wasn't. I put so much racism as well because they kept talking about the English and the Scottish. Well, I suppose we could talk about it. Lots of racism in that episode. I mean, people, mm. com Scottish people complaining about the English Sassanachs and then you've got Ben and his, and his pro-English army agenda. Yeah, and then the doctor claiming that Scottish are rapists. <laughs> Does the doctor say that the Scottish were rapists? Almost. It, it, made, it made Jamie promise that he wouldn't molest him. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, okay, we'll but, stay in here, yeah, but, but, but promise me a, you won't molest us. If that wasn't a reconstruction, you'd be able to see the doctor winking at Jamie. You know, I'm only saying this in front of Ben. <laughs> Because I, I hope you do, right, man? <laughs> no, I hope you do, right, Ben? Mail on mail, it's always funny. Um, speaking of Ben, I don't no. think he actually wanted to go back to the TARDIS in this one. No, uh, it's the first time, isn't it? But but he sees, but he did come out of the TARDIS, see some trees, mm -hmm. and assume he was home. Yeah, that was... But I don't know why I was surprised about that. I mean, in mm. the first episode where he went to uh, Cornwall mm -hmm. and saw a church, he assumed he was back in the 1965. So yeah. he's obviously not very good with, yeah. you know, looking at things. Yeah. Next episode, he'll observing. step out and goes, Look, Polly, we can breathe. We must be home. <laughs> Polly, a giant blue dragon. We must be home. <laughs> Polly, I'm melting. We must be home. He wakes up, we must be home. Polly, my hands are falling off, we must be home. <sighs> Just me? Okay. And then uh, he's, uh, he thinks the uh, the war sounds like a cup final. Yeah. To be fair, that does sound about right. Well, I can't say I've actually been to one. Well, a cup final or yeah. a battle? Either. <laughs> <laughs> I do not have direct comparison. I've been, well, I've been. So we could be right. I've been to an FA Cup match. Does it? Does it? Does that count? No. Okay. It needs to be a final. It needs to be a final. Yeah. Then no. I don't know. I, I was in the. Uh, I was in the Battle of Bosworth Field. It did sound a bit like the uh, Manchester City versus Wrexham Rovers nineteen forty six match. And did you go to them? No. I just listened to the uh, audio. Do you often listen to audios of matches? <laughs> <laughs> Of 1946 matches, yes. Yeah, it's 1940s actually, but I'm up to 1946 now. I can't wait for the next one to arrive next month. Ben sticks his head into a cannon. Well, I would. Stick his head into a cannon? Yes, yes. so would I. <laughs> Unfortunately, it was a non-atomic cannon. Yes, m maybe he was looking for the atomic. <laughs> Unfortunately, he didn't, he didn't take his head out again and it was covered in soot. <laughs> I found everything was coming Yes, like this podcast. But I, I think Ben, uh, oh, it was, it was an improvement on this episode from last one. What would you give him out of seven? Uh, five. Oh, I was going to go four. 
Well, yeah, he, he did a bit more on this. Uh, well, since when are we uh, giving marks out of seven to the companions? <laughs> since this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Ben's score for the episode is an average of 4.5. So, next next companion, what would you give Polly? Shut uh, up. <laughs> <laughs> I would give her one. Uh, hey. hey. Come on, I would give Polly six in this episode. Would you? I'm not even going to give her a mark. Because I find it demeaning. Not to her, to me. Uh, the doctor called her a saucy girl. She was dressing quite provocatively. Provocatively. Yeah. That, that, that word. She was dressing that word. This episode. Uh, and Ben calls her a duchess. But I'm not sure if he's he's uh, confusing her with a pub on the old Kent Road. Yeah, but he's always called it that, only. Since, 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 ooh, before we were born. Yes. And uh, Polly uh, made reference to her being boy in previous episodes. <laughs> so she was cross-dressing with it. Yeah, she, she was were, she were making it sound like rather than being mistaken for a boy, which she certainly was in The Smugglers, hmm. wasn't she? But she was making it sound like she was sort of like made to dress up as a boy and pretend to be a boy in the past historicals. Well, maybe there's one we haven't seen where she actually became a boy with hilarious consequences. What would be a hilarious consequence? Her head fell off. That is funny. <laughs> and uh, d- then does Ben's hands fall off? Yes. <laughs> and he thinks who'd he's thought, who'd, who'd, who'd have thought we'd be able to link that in again? Hands falling off and thinking his home is hilarious, but it is. <laughs> Look, Polly, I'm home! <laughs> it is quite fun. <laughs> yes, so Polly said uh, that, you know, her and Kirsty at one point were orange sellers. That yeah. surely has to be a euphemism. A euphemism for what? You know, selling oranges. And apparently they all want to go home now. I didn't know that was a thing. I knew that Ian and Barbara wanted to go home. They mentioned at the start about, oh, you know, having to search for a home and things like that. But I don't remember them really ever mentioning it before. No, and they've only just got in as well. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But the way Ben keeps going on about... Surely they won't know they'll be home until Ben's hands fall off. (laughs) But Ben doesn't know that yet. (laughs) Oh yes, that's the season cliffhanger. <laughs> but only we know. Yeah, very it, Hitchcockian yeah. then. Yes, but uh, yeah, I thought Polly was good in this one. Especially considering uh, in previous episodes all she did was make coffee. Well yes, she did things in this one, you're quite right. She yeah, did whinge at Kirsty a lot, I just think. Well, Kirsty was rubbish. Was she rubbish? Because she was. You can't, you've got to give me reasons, Gaff. Because she wasn't as good at Polly. That's not a reason. <laughs> she didn't whinge to that much. Hmm? She didn't whinge to that much. She did. She, she, you people, all you people cry. I'm not sure if she was talking about the Scottish or the people from the 18th century. Well, that's what she was doing. She she weren't helping or wanting to help in anything. She was just being sort of distant. Well, well, if you like. Polly's not attached to that to this uh, scenario really in any way. And this is all Kirsty's friends and family and things. But yeah, I, I thought this episode was, or epistory, it was more Polly's than the Doctor's. I think she had... No, the Doctor wasn't a lot, but he wasn't really the Doctor. He was 
being other people all the way through it. Yeah. He was mincing about in the background while Polly tried rescuing everybody. What? <laughs> tried being the operative word. Did everybody get rescued? Not through. <laughs> yes. There we go then. <laughs> no further discussion required. Case rest. Uh, yeah, in the coughing pit, I believe you called it. Yeah. The, the, because the, everybody the had a cold in there. Well, no wonder. And then it was flooded with water. So it was only a few feet deep or something like that in water. Uh, mm. I just, I, I had a bad feeling about it. What bad feeling? Star Wars. I was expecting, oh, I thought ah, it would be like the beginning yes. with Han Solo and Leia and all. They were in that, in that uh, trash compactor. In the trash thing, yeah. I thought there would be a snake in there as well. But there's, but there's always special edition, isn't there? And they also, do- Doctor got them all to sing a song. That apparently only he knew the words to. Well, I didn't know the words to it. I didn't know the words to it, but I didn't try and sing along either. Well, you sh- probably should have. Not like John Redwood. Let's try and sing along to it now. Okay. <laughs> I think you found that was good. About as good as my accent. Algernon, did you mention for Finch in your review? The uh, the pit soldier. Was he the pit soldier? Yeah. Was he? Algernon Finch was the pit soldier. Algernon Alfred Thomas Finch, apparently, is his name. Yeah, but what's up the name is Finch? It's just pronounced Finch. It, what, why is it, was it, just Polly. Finch? it was just Polly being being stupid that she didn't realise it. You'd pronounced it the same way. But why even write it like that? I blame the parents. So what you're saying is that the way, way things are... Pronu- pronounced, they should be spelt that way. They shouldn't be spelt with a double F, though. So you shouldn't have double letters, is that what you're saying? Uh, yes, you should, but not at the start of the word. If, if it was a P there instead of the F, would that be okay? What, perfinch? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm See, what your problem is, you don't like silent double letters. Yes. That is your problem. I don't like a silent double letter. No. You're fine with a silent letter, but not if it's the same one. If there's two letters, you've got the same both. There you go. So there's no flowers for uh, Algernon, is that what you're saying? Certainly not from me. Uh, last historical based on true events. No more of them. Purely what? historical, I mean. What? what are the next ones based on? So, so sci-fi and present day. There, there's the Black, uh, Black Orchid with Peter Davison, but that's, and that's nothing to do with sci-fi. Apart from the Doctor and all, but uh, but it's not based on anything. And yeah, you're right. I, I was just going to uh, contemplate whether the new series had some. But no. no, they have historicals, but they're sci-fi. Does that count? No, not for purely historical. So I believe you want to talk about Bonnie Prince Charlie's ring. I do like uh, Bonnie Charlie's ring. I wish I could have seen more of it. Tried it on for size. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. That's it. No, that's, no that's all I've got. I was just thinking it's a shame the Doctor didn't use it use its magic powers like he does with all of everybody's rings, apparently. Does he use magic powers with everybody else's rings, or just his own? Just his own. But just I mean, his own magic. But he doesn't ring. even have his own ring anymore. Because they don't fit him now. No. Where does he keep too, his ring? He's too loose now, you see, Gav. He's obviously used it too much. And it's got a bit worn in, hasn't it? Yeah. Do you think that people stop their recording by now? <laughs> I think they're still laughing about uh, Ben's hands. <laughs> I don't know how much of that I can use. Um, and that pirate guy in this... Trask. 
Trask. Trask. What, is he left over from smugglers or something? Do they have a pirate left over? Or did they book this guy for the smugglers and he arrived two weeks later? He probably so, so that, well, we're using this somehow, I don't know. Yeah. He probably did arrive a bit later. So they just made a group booking for 15 pirates and 14 turned up. I can't wait for uh, the next episode where Dalek randomly turns up. Taking that out. Take that out. Giving away my sketch idea. Uh, yeah, the end fight where they're they're fighting on the ship and falling into the water. It does it does remind me a lot of the submarine fight at the end of the nineteen sixties Batman. I don't remember that, so it doesn't remind me of it at all. Does but does anything remind you of that? No. Well, there you are then. I rest my case. Do you know? And just before we go into the beer interlude, uh, here's a bit of the commentary from the BBC soundtrack CD of. The Highlanders, which we listened to as well as watching the reconstruction. This is the start of episode two, and I just think it sounds a bit like a ch- sort of a charity repeal. Polly has fallen into an animal trap. Only you can help. A donation a month can help feed and clothe Polly. So, beer interlude. Yes, I can see. I can see you poured the beer. Yes, I... It's, it's quite coppery. It is very. It's. I mean, not the taste, the uh, the look of it. It's nice, though. Uh, very nice flavour, too. Yes, quite a uh, fruity flavour. It's not quite what I was expecting from them. Were you expecting more barky? Yeah. More tree-like? Yeah, something like that. Considering the, the other two that from this company that I've had, the uh, Kelpie Seaweed Ale, tastes very much seaweedy. And then there's the... Was it Heather Froch, something like that, Heather Ale? Okay. That tastes very flowery. So flowery, seaweedy and fruity. But they do have very distinctive sort of tastes. They're a bit different, I like it. Yes, it uses a spruce and pine sprigs in the making of the beer. Spruce and pine, of course, being introduced by the Vikings into Scotland. And very light on the hops, apparently. And spruce and pine ales were very popular in northern Scotland until the end of the 19th century. So does that mean they're not popular anymore? That's what it says. Probably all tenants now then. Well, was it? 7.5% as well? Well, yes, I would recommend this. Uh, does this have the uh, Gav's recommendation? Then? Yes, it does. Can they stick? They can have a sticker on their, on their bottles then that say, with our faces. <laughs> yes, approved by drunken time travel. Yeah. I'd like that. I'd like a little sticker to stick on these things and say approved by a drunken time drop. Excellent. Let's, let's make some. It's yep. too much effort, Gav. <laughs> let's get somebody to make some. Okay. Somebody, make some. It's not happened yet, is it? So, on the other end of the spectrum from Alba Scott's Pine Ale, yes. you've got the newest Bud Light abomination. Yeah. You've got Bud Light and Clamato. What? What? For those who don't know, Bud Light is shit. No, those who don't know, Clamato is like a tomatoey clam juice, clam juice or something. I don't know what it is exactly. But I don't know what's making how, the. How I don't does know that even mix? I don't know what's making the tomato juice worse, the, uh, the, the, the the clam juice or the Bud Light. I would say it's the Bud Light. I don't have a problem with putting uh, clam juice in it. But why would you put that abomination? And what have clams ever done to anything? 
What happens if the clams are still alive? They'll probably live in the Bud Light because it's probably just as salty and watery as seawater. The, the, it's, it's only clam juice, though. I'm sure there'll be little mini clams will get in there. Mini clams? Mini clams. It's like Kelly clams, but... Uh, sorry, Al, but not. Back to the episode, then. Aye. Ah, oh, very good, Gav. Back to your French accent. So the Doctor wears the biggest hat in the world again. Yes, he's... he's it's, it's like in his hats, because he, he picked up a flowery one sort of after that, a flowery beret. Something. A flowery beret? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I don't know what it was, apart from a flowery beret. <laughs> and he also likes wearing hats, as you said. I was going to say just the two, but he wore the other hats in his disguises, as a, as a, as a, as a soldier, as an old woman. Yeah, I've done why did he dress up as an old woman? Well, Bonnie Prince Charlie dressed up as a maid to escape from Scotland. So that was maybe an allusion to that. Yes, but given the authorities were looking for uh, women, men dressed up as women in particular, it would not be the best of disguises. What, in Doctor Who or... In, in Doctor Who, yeah. Or in real life. Well, it worked. Only because the plot required it to... No, I mean, it worked in real life. Because he escaped. What, he escaped, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Spoilers but, for next week's show. But, but given that, spoil history. But given that that was public enemy number one at the time, mm-hmm. you're not going to disguise yourself as that, are you? Really? Well, an old woman was publicly public enemy number one. Well, a man dressed as a woman was public enemy number one. Well, that. Oh, well, he that, was at, the that point, the, yeah. at that point, at that point, when the Highlanders, he hadn't mm. done that yet. Who hadn't? Prince Charles. Bonnie but, Prince Charlie. But the authorities were looking for Bonnie Prince Charlie, yes. dressed as a woman, during this episode. Really? Yeah. But he hadn't done it at that point. Well, they've got facts wrong then. But that's what they were doing. That's why uh, the sergeant were questioning Polly. Because uh, <laughs> he thought she was a <laughs> Polly and Kirsten. <laughs> but they did reference uh, searching for uh, Bonnie Prince Charlie, dressed up as a woman. And when and them two guards, when they saw Polly and Kirsten on the hill, they mentioned that the fact that Pinch Charlie is dressed up as a woman and they've got orders to search all women. Convenient excuse. <laughs> well, there you are. Yes, and the Doctor uses a gun in this episode. So. But it's not loaded, was it? It wasn't loaded, no. No, he just pointed at people. Yeah. He still used it. Well. He didn't use every feature on it. <laughs> <laughs> did, he, did he use the radio? <laughs> yeah, he was the sat now. <laughs> He didn't use the bang function. Well, Ben wasn't going to use it, was he? His hands might fall off and then they wouldn't have a gun anymore. Ben used it. If he wasn't going to use it, he did end up using it because he's an idiot. Right, and, I, and I liked the scene where uh, the Doctor was trying to sell his script to Grey. Or at least that's what it sounded like. As he came into his office and he goes, and Grey goes to him, because I've paid a lot for this script, uh, can you tell me what the plot is? Goes, there is no plot. <laughs> No, it was, was just a brief summary of that scene, but yeah. it just sounded like it was trying to sell a script to go. I know they were actually talking about that episode. <laughs> there is no plot. Because, and yeah, also at the same time, it like threw a document down onto his table or something, which uh, coincided with the script selling scene thing. It just amused me. Does it amuse you? It amused me. That wasn't my Scottish accent. No. Yes, and uh, also the Doctor, I think during the same scene, he steals Grey's gun and uses Ben's uh, 
I don't know how to use a gun tactic. It's copying off of Ben now. Really, Ben? But it's not like Ben, Ben... Well, Ben didn't know how to use a gun. He did that right in the first episode. Oh, yeah. When he stole the gun, because uh, he told him not to make any silly movements, and because uh, I'm not really good with these, I don't know how to use them. And then it accidentally went off, showing he doesn't know how to use them. <laughs> but he didn't shoot anybody. So the doctor used the same chip. Um, Pollock says at one point about the doctor that he's fantastic. And I love that he just said, I know. Well, he does know quite a lot, does the doctor. And I would imagine he knew if he would be fantastic well, or not. That's, that's, a, that's a, uh, it's one of the Doctor's many powers. He knows if he's fantastic. It's not quite a power, knowing something. Is it? Is it? Yes. I'm mighty powerful. Why, do you know you're fantastic? Yeah. I don't think your power is working in the way you think it should be. It's working brilliantly. Okay. So, impersonations mm. the Doctor was doing... He, uh, he was Dr. Von Wehr, which, yep. of course, tr- uh, translates from the German apparently as Dr. Who, or Dr. The Who. Dr. The Who. So he had his German accent, which was probably on about the same scale as yours. You can't get better than my German accent. Uh, <laughs> do a German accent. I cannot do a German I thought you said you can't get better than your German accent. I don't want to massively impress everybody. I don't think there's any danger of that, guy. I am not going to subject the audience to this. Okay. Dratton's female impersonation was the second best of the 1960s, I feel. Did you listen to a lot of female impersonations well, in the 1960s? It's, it's just behind Pythons and their female impersonations. And uh, ahead of William Shatner's, in uh, his Captain Kirk gets swapped with a woman in Turnabout Intruder. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so I feel that Trotton's was better than that. That, that was a great one. But anyway, uh, this is my rant that I want to go on now. Yep. Oh. About right. impressionists being shit at everything else. You can't just send the shit at everything else. Everything else. Because you've ever seen them on chat shows or things like that? That's all they ever do is impressions. They'll ask them a question and say, you know, that reminds me of Sean Connery. I think he would have come about this from this. No, don't do an impression. Just do a normal joke. They the book them to do impressions, though. No, but you don't see singers on chat shows randomly singing bits when they're being interviewed, is what I'm saying. Hmm. Comedians, though, they tell jokes. Comedians do funny things. Singers are funny as well. John Jones is quite funny. What I'm saying is impressionists should do other things. Or not do things all the time. What about comedians? Well, comedians, when they're on chat shows, they invariably say how sad they are and how terrible their life is. Yeah, I'm I'm sure some impressionists do as well. Yeah, but they do it while they're doing an impression of Ronald Reagan. Well... Do an impression of somebody else. Like who? What? Bugs Bunny. Do an impression of Bugs Bunny, yeah. I can't. Do an impression of a German Bugs Bunny. I don't do impressions. <laughs> Just like you don't dance. Like I don't dance or Just don't do accents. So, Jamie, best <coughs> companion ever. Agreed? Good. Next, Kirsty. No. But what? 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 When did. What? Oh. When did what? Ian come back. Who's Ian? Best companion ever. Oh, Ian. Yeah. Oh. 
Oh, you mean uh, Sir Ian of Jaffa? Yeah. Sir Ian Knight of Jaffa. Five minutes. Uh, um, not, not Jamie the idiot. Jamie's not an idiot. That, that was that was what he was called. Didn't you read my synopsis? Yeah, I did read your synopsis, and apparently we have to call Culloden Culloden now, and it's uh, spelt completely differently. Okay. Everything everything in your synopsis is not fact. Everything is, especially the Jamie the idiot bit. It's not fact. Who's Colin the injured anyway? He, he was the injured one. What, the Laird? Yeah. Was his name Colin? It was, yes. Uh, Someone says about Jamie, he's a piper like his father and his father's father. And then Jamie pipes up. Have no pipes, though. (laughs) Which I know is hilarious. That's Jamie Faye. Four people in this artist. Yeah. First time since Ian and Barbara and Vicky. Um, Yeah. Doctor. So not that long ago. Ages, it's been, it's been ages ago. It's not ages. It's several companions ago. Yes. There's, there's, there's been, there's been Stephen and Dodo and Ben and Polly since then. But are we just talking companions travelling and not just random strangers? What are you talking about, Sarah Kingdom and Katarina? And do they not count? Do you want them to count, guy? Yeah. Then they count. They are in the TARDIS. Then they count. The four in the TARDIS come at the, they, they count for that. <laughs> It's different. So we're just counting anyone in the TARDIS. Yeah, anyone in the TARDIS. If it was four companions in the TARDIS. <laughs> and Jamie first meets the Doctor holding a dagger to his throat. That's Jamie, not the Doctor. Yeah. I thought that was quite... Uh... Yeah. Why did they let him on? Surely for that, they should have killed him. Well, who should have killed him? Ben. Ben doesn't kill anyone, apart from Cybermoon, and then he cries about it. <laughs> Um, Jamie apparently has a battle cry, which is Kregantua, which means Boar's Rock. What? I don't know. To be honest, when I was watching it at first, I thought he was shouting Brigadoon, <laughs> but he <laughs> wasn't. It's a motto of the McLaren clan, but I don't know why he'd be shouting it. Mm. See, this guy's an idiot. But he didn't teach the Doctor how to play bagpipes. So you've got Jamie on the bagpipes, the Doctor with his recorder, yeah. maybe uh, Polly can sing. She can play the teacups. And then what, 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 what will Ben do? Nothing. He, he can, can just s- leave. sing about going home. He can be the fifth Beatle. Because he can't play without any hands. And then we had the Kirsty Polly met women from the 18th century be like this, and women from the 20th century be like that bit. It wasn't a great comedy bit. <laughs> Polly says, don't women from her time do anything but cry, which we mentioned. And Kirsty said uh, w- that uh, Polly was wearing the short skirts of a bairn, which is Scottish for a child, just in case you didn't know. I know you know. We used to say it in Belgium. What, bairn? Yeah. Are you Scottish? Yeah, I think you heard my accent. That's, that's what makes me one. So I think Polly and Kirsty should have a sitcom together. I'd watch it. But you watch anything, I think, is the thing. Can we call it In the Pit? <laughs> and and every week they'll lower some other suspecting victim into the pit. Yeah. And hilarity ensues. How would hilarity ensue? Well, one time uh, a wild boar accidentally falls into the pit and then uh, Kirsty rides it. <laughs> and it crashes into the pit wall and knocks itself out. What's your quote, Gav? My quote is... Uh, from episode two. But yeah, it's an exchange between uh, Ben and the Doctor down in the coughing pit. 
Let's have a tune to cheer us all up. <clears throat> yeah, I didn't think we'd have the last of that. <laughs> Interesting. And my quote... And my, what is yours? My quote is... Uh, the doctor, as Dr. Von Wehr, this exchange with, um, with a clerk. No headaches? Well, what? Oh! Oh, dear. You call me a liar? Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> me head does, eh? Of course it does. What do you expect? Your eyes. Me eyes? What did you find? Print blindness. You read too much. Well, tis true. I'm a clerk. What must I do? You must rest them for at least an hour. But I... That is my prescription. Ignore it at your peril. Yes, uh, uh, speaking of uh, Dr. Von Ver, that uh, puts the Doctor Who title job count to number five. Indeed. So if you're keeping <laughs> score at home, <laughs> it's five. Final thoughts. Well, I thought it started off okay and went downhill in the second half. Yeah. I thought it could do with less dressing up. I started to lose yes. interest with the Doctor's third or fourth costume change. Yeah, the... It just didn't seem to be any reason for it. It was like since he, from the start, when he said uh, he wanted to go back to the TARDIS, but Polly made him stay. It's like, I oh, can't be arsed. I'm just going to play dress up and fuck around a bit. I'll leave you all to it. Apparently this is the thing that, they, that we're going to do with this new Doctor, is have him be a master of disguise or some shit like that. Mm. I think he dresses up again in the next episode. Yeah. <laughs> but it sort of peters out a bit after that. Guess what? But, it, it wasn't too bad, but it weren't brilliant or anything. Yeah, it was alright. I'm hoping the next one's going to be better. Although we've seen a picture from it, so I don't know <laughs> if it will be. <laughs> but yeah, we could have had uh, more from the Doctor in this one. Always could have had more from the Doctor. Well, not always. Always more from the Doctor. No. Always. No. Guess what? What? Guess. We have a question? Yes! Yes. That's a, a good guess from me now. <laughs> of all the guesses I could have done. That's... All the guesses in all the world, you had to walk into my bar. Greetings, Gavs, says the question person. Richard. Richard. From Florida. Yep. Hello, where, they, where they have giant mosquitoes, as yes. you just told me. Yes, uh, stay safe from the mosquitoes, Richard. Wear some armour. Or a hat, like the doctor wears. Mm. Wear a giant hat. Live in a giant hat and you might be okay. Live in a bubble or bubble wrap. Live in a bubble. Wear bubble like wrap. Like the bubble boy from wear Seinfeld. Yeah. Yes, him. <laughs> or just wear bubble wrap and then you'll be fine. We'll all be fine. Yeah. Living in this bubble wrap world in which we're living. Or I'll move to Scotland. They don't have bubble wrap in Scotland. The caves. Bubble wrap caves. Yeah. I had an urge to live in a bubble wrap cave there for a second. You don't want to accidentally run into a cave wall, so you line it with bubble wrap. You could fall asleep popping the bubbles. Yeah. <laughs> and then while you're sleeping, somebody replaces all the bubbles. With what? Bees? More, more bubbles. <laughs> <laughs> Not bees, that'd be silly. Well, because you'd wake Carrying up, round a bag you'd of wake bees. up, bag of bees, because you'd wake up and you'd be popping the bees, and then you'd die, because you're allergic to non-bubbles. Non-bubbles. Yes. What's a non-bubble? It's a bubble that isn't there. So everything else. Yeah, that's why you have to live in a bubble wrap cave. Do keep up, Gav. Uh -huh. <laughs>
I've had beer. I'm I'm having problems following. Logic. So anyway, Richard's getting fed up with us. So <laughs> he goes on. Yeah. I, I am a long-time fan of your podcast, but I could never think of any Doctor Who questions to ask. Well, I'm quite happy with him saying he's a long-time fan. Mm. Um, I didn't think we had those. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not interrupting me again, in fact. <laughs> I'm sure he's getting very pissed off. Luckily, I was given a home beer, beer. He was given a home beer brewing kit for Christmas, mm. and can now ask, "What kind of beer would you make if you were I, or you all were me?" Also, I noticed that the yeast creates great pressure against the inside of the bottle in the fermenting process, as if it was trying to make the inside bigger than the outside. Is this how, how baby tortoises are born? I tried to create experiments to find this out, but I kept drinking the control group. Your thoughts? Fermenting in Florida. I don't know why I sound like a sermon there. Richard? Uh, I would probably be drinking the control group too. Control group two? Yeah. So your beer that you would make if you were him would mm-hmm. be Tardis beer? The beer that I would make if I was him would be the beer that he is making because I would be him. And we're getting into philosophy now. I am partial to stouts. I see. What what I would make if it was my first beer would be a, just a very simple bog standard beer, nothing fancy, just your plain hops and your barley and everything. Um, You're going to work your way up the beer ladder. Yes. Yes. Don't try and go too extravagant and introducing your fancy flavours or. Uh, Altering your brewing times or double fermenting or anything stupid like that. And don't be expecting the beer to be fantastic. Yes. As we have learned. Yes, because one of our friends uh, has made a couple of batches, hasn't he, of, uh, mm. of home brew. It's alright. First one tastes a bit like wine. Yeah, they the were both very fizzy as well. Yes. Which you don't really expect from a beer. Unless you're. Or, or a bitter. No, if yes, like. it was a bitter rather than a, uh, a lager. But yeah, so start simple, build up your experience so that you know what you're doing and everything. But ultimately, I don't know... Uh, Chili beer. Considering you're from the land of America. He's from the land of oranges. An he orange be beer a, then? It could be an orange seller. blue moon. It could be an orange seller. Make a blue moon style wheat beer and uh, slices of orange in it. Don't put fruit in beer. It's all about... It's... About things, <laughs> or possibly an IPA. Cause they're quite big in America. Are you <coughs> going to tell them how baby tortoises are born? Yeah. No one knows how baby tortoises are born. I do, or at least I have a hypothesis. Go on then, Gav. Tell us how baby tortoises are born. Well, I, th- I think this could be a case of this is what happens when an unstoppable force meets an immovable object. When a what force? An unstoppable force okay. meets an immovable object. A TARDIS is born because the unstoppable force is trying to expand into the immovable object, but it can't do it, so it creates a new dimension inside it so it can expand into the new dimension, but it's still contained within the uh, external. I know in the expanded universe, they're grown, yeah. One of the doctor's eighth doctor's companions in the BBC range, I think, it was Compassion, who was a TARDIS. Maybe the inside grows faster than the outside, it's never good, especially with its teeth. So they can make teeth now. They can make everything. They can't make everything. What can't they make? They can't make bubble wrap turn into bees. I've seen it happen. I stayed in a bubble wrap cave in Scotland. Right. And uh, I popped some bubbles and then I woke up and there were bees. 
That's that's because the bee fairy came along. Can you prove it was the bee fairy? Yes. I, I think they turned into bees when I popped them. They'd be dead bees then. They were dead bees, yeah. Because I crushed them with my massive gut. Next time you're talking yes. about the underwater menace. Am I? <laughs> yes. And I'm apparently doing the history. The history of the underwater menace. Yep. So find us on iTunes. Please rate, comment or like. Yes, please do. See, there's three options. You can rate, comment or like. Yeah, that's, that's, that's three options. all your options. I'm not giving you, I'm not saying you have to do all three or invent a fourth one. Yes, don't, don't, or, in, or don't invent fourth ones. Just do one of the three. Or, or give me a dissertation on Thomas Malthus's population growth. I'm just saying, do one of them if you can. That would be very nice. The closing quote is from a Scottish folk singer called Hamish Imlach. I would hate to die with a heart attack and have a good liver, kidneys and brains. When I die, I want everything to be knackered. I don't know what that was. That was just like a mixture of every accent ever. Soupy twist. Soupy twist. I, when the clans all gather together, then... Sorry, I am late. My manager at McDonald's kept me late. Dalek Steve, you really are rubbish. At least I know what Star Trek is.